Welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. My guest today is the amazing Michelle Smith. Michelle, uh, you're, an, you're a, an anti-aging specialist, right? You're an, an anti-aging, um, that's what you specialize in, right? Yes, I do. Why don't um, you, yeah, yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, what brought you to, to, to be interested in it, what, what made you who you are today, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Well, um, I started training 32 years ago, so I was in my about 30 years old, 31 years old. So I, I became fascinated by the way your body changes with fitness and nutrition. So as I got older, I noticed that my gains or my improvements were starting to wane. So it was becoming more and more difficult and I couldn't gain any muscle mass and it was more difficult to lose body fat. Although I started very thin, but mm-hmm. I was like a skinny fat person. So I was, yes. I had a lot of body fat. So I started training on my own, just looking at magazines. I was inspired by Rachel McLeish. <laughs> I don't know if you know who she is. No, no, it's uh, She was a bodybuilder from the 1980s. Okay. Back in the 80s, bodybuilding for women was like unheard of. However, she looked amazing. She wasn't big and bulky. She was pretty much like this. And I was determined to look like her. So I became a little obsessed about it. Mm-hmm. So as I continued to train and I got older, I noticed that I wasn't making any improvements. So um, I went to see a nutritionist and again, he helped me a little bit, but ultimately I went to see a doctor to, to give me hormone replacement therapy. Um, so, yes. That's interesting. An interesting question about that and hormone replacement therapy and your inspiration from the 80s, I assume that this is a much easier path today than, than what it was for someone like Rachel McLeish. Well, it's Rachel McLeish was younger also back then. Okay. So when I, when I was inspired by her, I think she was maybe in her late 20s. Okay. Uh, she, she didn't need any bioidentical hormone therapy. However, when I got older, I noticed that, you know, my, my improvements were not very good. And I was getting a lot of different symptoms, you know, like half flashes, you know, my memory, my hair was getting thin, my nail was getting brittle, all kinds of, there are 35 different symptoms actually from, from, from perimenopause. So I went to see a doctor and he prescribed me bioidentical hormone therapy. Bioidentical is more, um, natural mm-hmm. than the synthetic one because the synthetic one is made out of uh horses urine okay. and the bio, yes it's another uh, other uh, synthetic uh, hormones however the bioidentical is is based out of plants it mm-hmm. is compounded in a pharmacy but it's more natural and it mimics your own hormone levels from when you were younger rather than giving you a dose of something that your body's not ready to take. So that helped me a lot, I okay. have to tell you. That helped me a lot because it, 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 it took away all, all the symptoms and made my skin a little better, not so dry and brittle, my hair got better, but then I pushed the buttons. So I wanted to get better and people kept saying to me like, why do you want to do this? Why not, you know, why not? It made me feel good. So yeah. I started training hard with, um, weights 
and follow a nutrition program and the rest is history. I had a different career before. I was a model for many, many years and uh-huh. then I became an interior designer and I changed my business to this because it's so fascinating that you could do to your body, change your body to anything you want, really. Yes. Anything you want, yes. but you have, to do, you have to do the work. You really do. First of all, this is what I love about, about working out in general is that it, in, in the world today, there is a lot of uncertainty, right? You could have started a business before COVID and your business wouldn't have existed now. There is a lot of uncertainty. It's not always what you give is what you get. And what I love about the fitness in general is that it is almost identical. If I put in the work, if I do the right things, if I'm disciplined, I'm going to get the results that I want. You are definitely getting the results. Yes, I think this is is what, maybe starting the process is hard or taking taking up, you know, a new endeavor like taking care of your body might be mentally hard. But the reason yeah. that people get addicted to it, the reason that, that it helps people with their uh, self-image and their mental aspect in life is because the magic is that you get what you put in. Absolutely. So I can understand you. Absolutely. Whatever you put into, you will get. But most people are, I hate to say, but they're a little lazy. Mm-hmm. And I do understand that in the beginning of the process, it's, it's very, very challenging, especially if your diet is really bad. If your diet yes. is really bad, I've noticed with most mm-hmm. of my clients that the first two weeks, it makes them very depressed. Not, because the, food? not because the food makes you depressed, but because of the change, you mm-hmm. take away you know, their pacifier, so to speak, their comfort food. And now yes. they're... they're ingesting something that is very unknown to them and they however they start feeling good after a couple of weeks if they override that feeling you know i wonder if some of it uh encompasses within it our gut bacteria changing absolutely that's too. yes because if we eat you know doesn't matter really what but if we eat processed food all the time this is what our gut bacteria is evolved has evolved to receive and use etc yes and uh, you know changing food also affects that you don't get first of all you don't get any you don't make any progress if you don't change your eating habits not so much in the fitness level but in your brain how you think your perspective in your hair and your skin everything is about food i have to tell you because i don't eat processed food i I do on occasion, if I go to a nice restaurant where they serve French baguette, I cannot pass on French baguette and butter, but okay. that's it. I don't, I, I don't eat pasta maybe once every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because it's gonna kill me, <laughs> it's not gonna hurt me, but I don't feel good after I eat it. It makes me bloated, you know, I, there's no nutrition value in it. So why do that? I prefer to stay healthy and look good. Yes. You know? So we, we, that, is, that is a much better reward. Maybe it's harder for us to, 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 to get our brain to understand that kind of reward because the reward of a cake is immediate. I feel it in my mouth immediately. And I think- However, that, yeah. once you eat the cake, 
that feeling is like it's out the window. It's, out it the window. Didn't, didn't really do anything. It's probably for the first couple of bites, and that's it. So what would you describe as good nutrition? And, you know, we can talk about, you can, you can maybe give a, a little segment about what is good skin nutrition or, or anti-aging nutrition, but really, according to you, what is healthy nutrition? Healthy nutrition, as well as anti-aging nutrition, is yes. pretty much eating whole foods. Okay. That's, if, if I give you one single advice, it would be just get rid of all the processed food and and eat whole foods, whatever that is. You know, you don't have to now. Now, if you want to be more specific on your goals, then you have to counteract, you know, your macros about how much protein, how much fat, how much carbs. But in the general sense, for a healthy individual and staying younger and looking younger, is just to eat health, uh, whole foods because it comes from the ground. There is nothing in it. If you eat broccoli or, or rice or potato, it's all natural, you know? And, and it's you know, going to reflect that on your skin and your definitely, body. Definitely. I don't remember who said it, but I loved, um, it might be, might have been um, Mark Sisson, the guy from uh, Primal, Primal Nutrition. But okay. I don't remember. He said, you want to know what is processed food? Anything that comes in a package. You know, Absolutely. anything that comes in a package, you probably shouldn't touch it. Everything that is made by a man, I always say. Everything that is made by a man, because some people said, why can I have cereal that has oatmeal in it? There is no oatmeal there. None. It's so, it's so processed, you know? Even if you have pasta made out of what? Uh, I don't know. They make pasta out of so many things now. Out of rice. They still yeah. have to process the rice to turn it into a flour and make it into a pasta. And do, and do you take into account, you know, uh, things such as, you know, uh, wheat, for example, even though it grows in the ground, it has been, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of generations of yes. uh, adjusting it. We, we process it through agriculture, right? We made yes. a plant that was in the beginning, a very small plant that was very hard for us to, 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 to digest. digest. We made yeah. it into this very gluten-rich, very starch-rich exactly. uh, product. So, so do you consider things like that processed as well? Or do, do you Absolutely. try to- Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell all my clients to, to stop ingesting wheat, soy, mm -hmm. and, and uh, dairy. Because dairy makes you, it gives you a lot of inflammation. It doesn't mm -hmm. give you any calcium. It is high in calcium. However, your body cannot absorb it because it's, it's highly acidic. In, mm -hmm. in fact, it rejects it. So okay. dairy is completely out of the, out of my list. Cheese as well? Even what? Even cheese? Even cheese. I have it occasionally because, yeah. you know, I don't have to give up things 100% forever. Occasionally. And I, when I do, I prefer to have goat cheese because it digests better. Yes. Uh, but no cheese, no milk. I don't even have yogurt. Okay. Again, once in a while, it's not going to hurt you. But if you do something consistently, like most people do, they have a yogurt for breakfast every day. It's just not healthy. You know, mm -hmm. any dairy. 
I got it. So as far as, as nutrition goes, you're really, you're, and I love, and I love that, that, that definition, you know, you're saying before we're talking about someone's specific, someone's specific goals, or before we're going into the nitty gritty of things, you need to understand what is food that is, that your body likes long-term and what yes. is food that, that is going to harm you long-term. And yes. after you do this, this separation, that's already a good separation. And now if you want something specific, we can work about something specific. Of course, then you start, you know, um, advancing from there. Also, as you get older, your body doesn't digest food the same way. So eating processed food like you did when you were younger is it's, it's just your digestive system. It changes when you get older. And people don't realize that. You know, well, I used to eat this. But no, no, no. You can't do the same thing. I used to eat everything when I was younger. I used to have ice cream, pasta, what, fried foods. I grew up that way. You remind me when, so I was, I'm Israeli. So originally, as you know, all Israelis need to go to the military. Yes. And because we were, um, so I, I was uh, in, in a fighting unit. So you don't get to go home a lot. So after a while, you, you, you tend to get tired of the army food and you start to order, order out, order, order food to the base. And what was available to us, I kid you not, is a $1 whole pizza. Oh my God. $1. Oh my God. $1 whole pizza, like a 12 inch pizza. And I'm thinking of it now. I think if I'm going to take a bite of it now and I'm 34, I probably am going to explode. I don't know how, how <laughs> for real. Did you stop eating it or you just got disgusted with it? You know, what made me stop eating it? First of all, when you, when you get out of the military, you obviously, you know, you, you have better choices in general. Yes. But what not made me stop eating it is that there was a rumor that the cheese even isn't even real cheese. That oh my God. <laughs> There's something already completely artificial that's not even cheese. And I said, you know what? That's, that's where I draw the line. Now, now you understand why it was a dollar. <laughs> exactly. I don't, know, I don't know how even the electricity to make, it, make the pizza could have been so cheap to make it $1 pizza. But yeah, it exists. And by the way, it still exists in Israel. Um, I, I think they've upped their price and maybe it's two dollars now. I'm sure. But I grew up, you know, as a kid, I grew up eating whole foods. I come from the Dominican Republic and there was no zero processed food when I was a kid, like zero. It didn't exist. Mm -hmm. I remember like looking for pizza. It was like a delicacy Okay. <laughs> because we didn't have that. So when I came to this country, the first thing I dove into was what? Processed food because I never had it. So I was having pizza every single day for lunch. And that lasted for a year. And then I went back to, you know, here and there, you know, uh -huh. my, my body appreciates better the whole food anyway, regardless of my knowledge, that the, the knowledge that I have now, this just tastes better also. And definitely. And do you, so do you, are you okay with people having, um, you know, going off the path once in a while? Are you okay with cheat meals? Are you okay with yeah. letting yourself go sometimes because you are talking about maybe eating a bread once in a while so how do you how do you deal with it yourself and how do you tell other people to deal with it? I, I think it's actually beneficial to have a cheat meal once a week because your body needs a little break also if you keep the same types of food all the time it gets adapted to it and doesn't do as well as you you know mm -hmm. take it back and forth 
So one cheat meal is ideal. Not the, not the whole day, but one cheat, like if you choose a breakfast on a Sunday or a dinner on a Saturday, whatever you prefer, just have whatever you want. I and I follow it. that. But I still, because I've been doing this for so long, my cheat meal consists of more food. So and, like okay. I will have more, more carbs, you know, mm -hmm. than usual, you know, I just indulge more. I don't want to have fried foods. It's just my stomach would not appreciate it. Yes. I want to feel good. What do you think of, um, and I do talk about it a lot. Um, that's something I do specifically. I, I wonder what you think of it. What do you think of either like intermittent fasting or time restricted eating or limiting the time of day that you're, that you're eating within? Uh, do, do, you, do, you, do you recommend it to people? Do you, have you tried it yourself? I, I'm not an expert on it, so I'm not going to give you an, expert, an expertise advice. I can only tell you my, my opinion. I don't think that works because, okay. first of all, we're not machines. Uh, in order for us to have more energy and more fuel, we have to eat. Mm -hmm. So if you spend 12 hours, which I think is the, the rule, without any food, your metabolism slows down. Mm -hmm. and and then you have to start giving it a lot of food it, it just the whole thing doesn't make sense to me however so how, you, how would you do it would you would you really start eating you know start eating when you wake up and, and stop eating when you go to sleep what would would, would be a good uh, i have five i have five meals a day mm -hmm. of course it varies according to your goals if yes. you're a big bodybuilder and you need to build a lot of mass you have six or seven meals which i used to have at one point at this point i'm not competing anymore so five meals is enough for me if i yeah. have less than that um i start getting cranky and hungry and then my body fat starts going up a little bit it's just i keep it with five and it's good so it depends on what time you get up in the morning i my first meal is about 5 30 because i get up early yeah and the last meal should be at least three hours before you go to bed Okay. Whether it be every three hours, every four hours, doesn't matter. Why would if you that waste, be? What, you what happens? Yeah, go ahead. If, if you wait um, five or six hours, then your metabolism starts slowing down. Uh, again, it's not going to hurt you. But if you want to be consistent on your goals, which is why I look like this, I just keep yes. it on under four. My, my question is... Um, for someone who's hearing that for the first time, that you should stop eating, you know, around three hours before you go to sleep. And they're used to, you know, having that last snack before they go to sleep. Why, why, is, why are those hours that you're not eating before you go to sleep important? What happens if you go to sleep? Well, first of all, you don't want to go with a full stomach. If, you, okay. if you're talking about just a snack before you go to sleep, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I do that, mm -hmm. depending on what you have. You know, if you have something with protein, you're better off than having like, you know, a bowl of rice, you know, which is a lot too much carbs for you to be lying down sleeping and it's, that food is going to process differently. So yes. you could have a snack before you go to bed. It depends mm -hmm. on what you, you don't want to have ice cream, you know. <laughs> so, and also in general, okay. but also before you go to bed. <laughs> I, I, I have a shake before I go to bed. Okay. And sometimes I have two shakes a day. And sometimes um, I have it right before I go to bed. Yeah. It doesn't bother me, you know, but you don't want to have a full meal and then go to bed. 
because then your, your digestive system is working and then you're relaxing at the same time, you're not going to get the same benefit. You know what I found? I found that uh, really if there is an event and I, and I ate late and I, and I kind of ate before I went to sleep, the day after my body doesn't behave exactly the same. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't. I feel like it digests food slower. Uh, I feel like I'm hungrier in the morning, you know, which is not, which is not what I'm looking for. You know, I'm not looking for right. hungry all the time. So I really, my body resonates with what you're saying, you know, that you really want to, you know, wait, wait a little bit, space out a little bit. You're having yeah. your last having your, and your, and your Because your body's doing two functions. It's trying to relax and it's trying to work on, on, on digesting your meal. It doesn't make sense. I got it. Some people can handle it. But I just don't recommend it, especially if you're trying to burn body fat. And you're a big proponent of quality sleep, right? Quality sleep is something. Quality sleep is something. Oh, quality that, sleep. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. As you get older, you need your sleep. Okay. When I was younger, I used to party a lot. I was mm -hmm. always on a club, you know, partying all night. And I used to go to bed at five, get up at seven go to work, take naps throughout the day, uh, you know, at work because I was modeling. Now uh -huh. I need eight or nine hours sleep. I really okay. do. And, and I feel better if, if I don't get enough sleep, I don't, I'm not functioning the same way. Are you taking anything, you know, as far as supplementation before you go to kind of supplement your, or your sleep? Uh, for example, magnesium or... Uh, I take magnesium. Melatonin. What... what? How do you approach sleep? Or, or you're more looking at it as these are my supplements, they're not connected to my sleep. I, I am the type of person who, once I hit the pillow, I'm out. Huh? However, I however, I do wake up later. Okay. Sometimes, several times. So I do take magnesium to keep me sleeping. Okay. Um, if that doesn't work, um, I, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. I have to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, if that doesn't work, I try not to take any medication because your body gets adapted to it. Um, mm -hmm. But I take some natural supplements to help me sleep. But generally, I don't need any of that. I only use the magnesium. And, and I think the waking up in the middle of the night is a function of getting older, by the way, because you, know, you, don't, you don't get a full night's sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to get, cut to bathroom more often. <laughs> you know, it's just different as you get older. But yes. you need your sleep. And, and your body has to recover from the workouts too. If, if, you're, if you train like I do to build muscles, that's why you're training. And the way they recover is by eating and sleeping. So yes. that's how they grow. You're almost, you're almost, in other words, what you're saying is your, your workouts is actually almost like giving your body homework. And then overnight, your body... You know, your body needs to do this, this homework. Yes. It's very similar. You know, in, in skincare, for example, when I talk, when I talk to doctors and, and we're trying to explain our, our philosophy. Right. And I actually, a lot of the time, use the fitness world to explain it. But I'm saying you have basically two things that you're asking your skin to do. Yes. The first thing, exactly like working out, you are doing, you're giving your, your skin homework, whether you're using any kind of peel or you're using retinoids 
or you're not even using, you are living your life and you're going outside and you're getting UV radiation on your face or there yes. is inflammation in your body or you smile. Anything that you do, your body needs then or your skin, which is your body's biggest organ so we can really yes. copy paste it to every organ. Then your body needs to take this block of homework, of repair that it needs to do. And it needs to perform it in the, be in the best way. And I'm going to go back to what you said before. You said, you know, when I grew older, I really felt my recovery is the thing that is getting, that is getting a little more difficult. Yes, and really, if you think of aging, if you really think what aging is, is are those moments where a cell did not recover well. And Absolutely. you start to accumulate, to accumulate those. So I feel, especially from what you're saying, but in general, that anti-aging, the first thing you, we wanna think of anti-aging is how do we get out of our own way? How do we allow the body to repair itself in the best way? So, you know, in skincare we have the homework and then we have supporting ingredients, whatever it would be. Absolutely. Uh, you know, hyaluronic acid, which I'm not a big fan of, but you know, um, we have a special molecule that we use, NAD. I don't know if you're familiar with NAD. Yes, yes. A lot of people doing injections of it, etc. So we have it in a cream that that then gives the NAD what it, what it is. It's kind of cellular fuel. So we give your cell the ability to perform the homework, which it lacks as you as we grow older. As you grow older, so, yes. Really connect with what you're saying and actually kind of connecting it with fitness a big question that i had for you is if we talk about anti-aging more than skin anti-aging skin is just another organ our skin yeah. reflects our age that's why we want to look good physically because it kind of tells a secret about our our age and that's what we really care about so yes Let's talk about other aspects of anti-aging. For example, something you specialize in is weight, weightlifting. And you mentioned that you started it, you know, later, which 30, if someone didn't lift the weight before, it's quite, quite late. So I, as I told you before we started the, the uh, recording, you're a very inspirational woman. And, and I, I, I invited you here because I want to give an example to what you can, what kind of person you can be in your yes. city. So how do you approach weightlifting for anti-aging in general? And, you know, along your life, how did you approach it? Well, anti-aging is a combination of many, many things. It's not like yeah. taking a pill, as you know, and most people yeah. would like for that to be. So nutrition is number one. And drinking a lot of water and getting your sleep. Now, training, if you do mostly cardio, for instance, which is everyone's favorite exercise, especially women, what will happen is that you will get older. And the reason for that is because you're breaking down all your muscles. Your skin is already sagging from age. So you remove the muscles. What do you have left? Saggy mm -hmm. skin and bones. And people don't understand that. You see runners, they, they look like much older. Now, when you do strength training, when you lift weights, you're trying to build the muscles that you have when you were younger. 
So therefore, that by itself is going to help you look younger. Yeah. You see, you see a lot of older people who lift weights and you can see their muscles, but you can see the saggy skin on the outside. I think the reason why you don't see it on me is because I started, although I thought I started late, but I started early. Yeah. Um, I was still young when I started, so my transition was smoother as a result. Yeah. You know, I didn't allow the skin between the nutrition, the, the taking care of myself in every aspect and lifting weights. I didn't allow that to happen by accident, by the way. I wasn't thinking that was going to happen, but I noticed mm -hmm. the difference from other people. So another thing about uh, weightlifting is that it, it helps, not only does it help you be stronger physically, but it helps you be stronger mentally as well. It gives you an, an incredible sense of self-esteem uh, when you lift weights. And especially when you're aging, it uh, provides um, a sense that you can take care of yourself as opposed to like you're a little old person that somebody has to wear you around. You know, you could be an 80 something year old person and still carry bags and do whatever you need to do if you consistently wait list for many years. And I've seen it happening. Definitely. So, also for, with bone frailty as well. Um, your bones, yeah. 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 And what so, about... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. So, what about... Um, because you, one of the things you specialize in uh, is, is hormones. So when we maintain a good lifting regimen, does it affect our hormones in any way? Yes, it does. It does. In fact, when you lift weights, your testosterone levels get higher. Mm -hmm. Now for a woman, the estrogen level may not change. For that, you may have to have some you know, hormone therapy because that's a different animal altogether. Lifting weights and having muscle has to do with testosterone anyway. Yes. So um, your hormone levels will get more balanced as a result of lifting, but not the estrogen. You know, okay. The estrogen, you will have to have some supplements. And, as a and woman, that's when you get the, the hot flashes and all the discomfort with your skin. And... Should you be afraid as a woman of testosterone? Well, you know, people hear testosterone, they think, you know, hair on their on their face and... Um, uh, it, it, depends know, how much it depends how much testosterone you're taking. I mean, my doctor gives me one pump of cream. I put it in my arm. I do it every day and it's only one milligram and that's that. It's not going to make me lift like a man. <laughs> I don't have like 150 milligrams of testosterone in my body. It's okay. just one milligram and it, it just helps you balance it. You know, also your libido goes away when, when you are getting older, especially for a woman. I don't want to feel like I'm dead. You know, no. if, if my libido is out the window, like what am I, shell? I don't want that either. So it improves your, your libido as well when you use the testosterone. So people are afraid, I'm not afraid. And who would you, you know, I think a lot of people, um, everyone is, is lost in, in areas of life that they have less experience, less long time experience with when they're new in something. Right. Um, how, at what age and how can a person know especially a woman because we, we talked about estrogen, but, but anyone, how does a person know if he needs to see a professional about hormones or at what age? What, what, what are the rules of thumb? 
and everybody's different in terms when perimenopause starts. Uh -huh. Mine started around 37. Okay. However, you see, you have to understand that perimenopause could last up to 15 years. So when you first start getting your symptoms, you may not know what the hell is going on with you. Mm -hmm. So it might be five, six, seven years, and they don't know why they're getting fatter in the belly. Why am I getting sluggish? You know, it just sneaks up on you, and they don't realize why it's going on. So when a client comes to me and they start giving me some of those symptoms, I send them to see a doctor right away because that's pretty much what it is. And mm -hmm. if you start it early, like, like I did, your transition is going to be much smoother. If you start uh, hormone therapy uh, already in your 60s, it's not going to hurt you, but it's going to take you a little bit of time for you to reverse it a little bit, you know, is there because you already have done the damage. Yeah. Is there a so, as well? Like if you start, if you start early, eh, sorry, if you start late, let's say you start when you're 55, is there a ceiling to the, to the levels of, 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 of um, you know, of, of, of health benefits you could have from it rather than... No, started... It's pretty I mean, much the same. You go through the same process, but I think your body is going to absorb it a little bit slower than when I started. When I started, I, should, I was just getting symptoms of perimenopause. I was getting very sluggish. I was getting cranky. And fortunately, a friend of mine said, you should have your, I have a doctor that you could see for... Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it was bioidentical homotherapy, not the synthetic one. So yeah. I went to see her because I'm one of those people who listens. I'm not one of those who say, oh, no, no, no. I listen to everything. I'm not an expert on everything. So I went to see the doctor and, oh, my God, I feel so much better. <laughs> so much better. And I how never, long? how long ago? I started getting uh, bioidentical homotherapy when I was 40 three, 42, 43. I started a little bit of symptoms before, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what it was. Um, but some people start a little later. You know, everyone's different. I, my menopause came in when in 19, 2005. So I was like 53, I think mm -hmm. at the time. Some people may still have, you know, their, their mesoms, you know, their, um, their, their periods uh, through their 50s and, and be okay. Everybody's different. Uh -huh. But I can guarantee you, even if they have their periods in their 60s or early 60s, they're not feeling the same when you were younger. No. They just don't. And we're, and we're in this life to get the best, best experience out of it. You know, a lot of people, when, 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 um, when I talk to them about keeping their, their hormone, hormone levels in check, or if I talk to them about you know, pushing themselves a little bit, um, whether it's in fitness or not. You hear a lot of people who are, you know, are afraid to, to, to go for broke, really to, to, to maximize. Oh, absolutely. And what are we here for? We're here to, to experience life to the fullest, you know? Some people even think it's natural to age naturally. Okay. I mean, if they want that, that's okay with me. I mean, I don't have, I don't want to change anyone's mind. But why suffer? It's not easy to go through all those symptoms. It's not easy, and it's not it doesn't look pretty either. <laughs> so all, it's up to any, it's up to the individual. I never understood. I really, honestly, I never understood this uh, this uh, frame of mind because if you if you, travel, you know what, 
I can understand, I can agree that it's not it's natural to age, but it I can also agree that it is more natural to go barefoot, to live in the forest, to uh, for a catastrophe to happen, or you even breaking your leg and dying at 25. I think that is the most natural. But because we're working on, you know, a little bit elevating our experience. Absolutely. Here, Yes. I don't know if, you know, I think in recent years, the word natural has too many good connotations. Yes, yes, you know? yes. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of natural. That's what I'm saying. I'm not either. I'm not either. I know someone who's, uh, this person is a, is a, is a coach. Okay. It's a health coach, natural health coach, not a nutritionist, okay. but, you know, like a wellness kind of thing. And she's always promoting natural. I mean, she even gets upset when people like me are trying to look younger because it's gonna, it's gonna put the back, the wrong idea into women. And I just don't understand that. Like, look, if you want to have your own tribe of looking natural, that's okay. Don't try to change everyone's idea that it's wrong. I, I don't get it. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I really prefer if we do speak about keywords and um, words that, that take you down a certain path. I prefer, and I know you do as well because that's, that's part of your, your definition. I really prefer the word holistic because what yes. the word holistic means, it means that we are taking into account, I don't know if to say as much things as we can, but we're taking a lot of things into account. And one of them is what is natural, what our body responds to naturally. And we uh, and you even wove it in when we spoke about bioidentical hormones. Bioidentical yes. is almost a different word to say word to say natural to your body. Yes, it's pretty much it. That's what it yeah. is. It's natural to your body for mimicking to when you were younger, when you were feeling good. <laughs> Yes. Now that you're not you're feeling depleted, you get you need a little help, and it makes you your life is, is you live your life much better. Your quality of life is better. Yeah, I think maybe I think maybe uh, the subconscious, uh, the way the reason we are we are drawn subconsciously to to that word and give it a positive connotation to the word natural is because we realize that a lot of things we're doing these days, we're trying to reverse engineer a lot of things. We see someone that, you know, we assume on Instagram, for example, that they have a great life because we saw them in a spot in the Maldives. I don't know where, okay? But we saw them on sand and they were smiling and they were drinking something. Pink. Everything is perfect, yeah. And they said, wow, I like that picture. I like the vibe. And I can try and recreate it. I can go to, I can pour sand on my kitchen floor and I can make myself, I don't know, pink lemonades. And I can turn on the lights on and have the same picture. Yeah. But it's yeah. not yes. going to be natural. It's going to be something I reverse engineer. And the core of it was lost. And that is why I, uh, that is, that is my kind of weird way 
of explaining, I think, the subconscious of the word natural. But we got to understand that in our society, natural is out the window. There is no such thing as natural. There is no such thing. Yeah, I agree. Many there people, is something that agrees with us or doesn't? Many people want to go as far, and I believe like in natural food, you know, whole, whole foods, as I said. But when people start pushing the envelope that if they need um, any kind of medication, they want natural medication. Like you have an infection and you want natural, you know, uh, things to cure it. It doesn't make sense to me for you to go that far. You need, if, if, you, if you have cancer and, and chemo is gonna save your life, I would do it. You know. Agreed. And I also think that is that, that you know, uh, we say in Hebrew, we say that the carrot rose from the ground and hit the farmer. That's what we <laughs> say when, when we are getting too wrapped up in one singular thing. In one thing. From, yeah. from this enabling, enabling thing, that says, you know, uh, uh, going back to the word natural, from this thing that, that is supposed to be enabling. Supposed to be like a, an umbrella saying all of this you can do because all of it is natural. What happens is it actually limits us. When we come to a real fork in the road and we don't live in a natural world, we just don't. We're not yeah. supposed to, you know, none of our ancestors lived to 90 years old no. to, to be dealing with all these diseases. So when you're trying to address them naturally, it doesn't exist. You need a holistic approach. Yes, I totally agree. Into account, natural. I mean, this is, this is 2021, not the 1700s. Like, and things have changed. You have to move with time. You have to improve. You have to evolve. You can't be stuck at the same time. You know, yes. things are different. We have different diseases. We have, it's just very different than what it was. What I do, what I do try and, and, and what, one of the things that, I do ask myself a lot of the times, is it natural? And I try to be uh, true to source yeah. is mobility and movement. Because I feel that this area, you know, the more it is, it is natural to seek comfort. And this is yeah. in, in, in a capitalistic society, this is, um, you, you can see it all around you. One of the big things that sell is added comfort. Just yes. another layer of comfort and comfort. And what happens to us movement-wise is that we are becoming less and less naturally moving and maintaining our mobility through the ages. And, you know, a lot of people are saying things like your age is actually your spine's age or something like that. And I want to ask you, what? how do you look? So you've been in the fitness game for a few decades. And I'm sure that especially when you, when you load your body with weight, yeah. mobility becomes an issue that you need to address. How do you maintain suppleness? How do you maintain mobility? Do you stretch? Do you do anything like that? Well, first of all, uh, we as humans, the, cl the closest thing we look for is comfort. Yes. So just give it, give it, just give it a sign to be comfortable and they just don't do anything. That's natural for human beings. When you start 
a routine of mobility, as you said. In my case, I go a little more than that by lifting weights. Mm -hmm. Your body is craving that. It's mm -hmm. just craving that. So if I want to be lazy one day, my body doesn't want to be lazy. It's looking for me to be active. To, mm -hmm. don't, I don't have to be lifting weights every day, but to be moving, to, to do some kind of activity to make me feel alive. That's yeah. pretty much how you do it. Now, I do have to listen to my body so when I need to rest. Sometimes you do, especially in my case, because I'm really pounding my body five days a week. You know, yeah. um, you listen to your body and take some time. But you can, I, I would never take a month off because your body gets automatically lazy. And then yeah. it's hard to pull yourself back up. One of the things that people don't, they don't understand clearly is consistency, how important consistency is. If you need to be moving around, for instance, you have to do it consistently. You can't just go for a walk once a week. Mm -hmm. You can't just be on a diet for, for once a week, you know, or a month and then go back. Consistency is the key. The reason why people are obese is because they're consistently putting the wrong food in their body. The reason why they're slow because consistently they don't do anything. Consistency yeah. is everything. So that's 100%. why I stay on top of it. Hundred percent. It's almost like it's almost like the body is gonna do, you know, the well, you ask it to. but your body is gonna do whatever you ask it to do. So if yeah. you ask it, if you give it a hint, hey, you know what you really need to do is just conserve all your energy, just conserve, 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 conserve. We're not moving along right now a lot. You won't. You won't move. You won't. I've, I've been training for thirty-two years. If yeah. I were to take six months off. First of all, I think I have a heart attack. Uh -huh. But my body will become lazy just like anybody else's. And then I won't want to go to the gym. You know, you remind me something that I want to go back to because I think nowadays it's, it's less prevalent, this misconception. But um, you do still meet people um, that don't want to, that need to lose weight, for example. Or they want a healthier body. They want a healthier lifestyle. And when they look at what a healthy lifestyle means and they understand that they do need to have some resistance training, they need to lift some weights to move weight around, they, their immediate response is, but I don't want to be bulky. Oh, I, be I hear that so much. Do you see that? Because so that is something that, you know, I, I, I got an answer for, to it 15, 20 years ago. So, so what would you say to someone like that, 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 that when you tell them, oh, you want to lose weight, lift that weight, please. And they well, tell you, oh. I explained the process of lifting weights. First of all, muscles all by, by itself, by having muscles, is going to help you burn fat automatically. Mm -hmm. If you do cardio, it's going to, like I said before, it's going to help you burn muscles as well as fat, which is not yeah. a good luck. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to motivate them to do that, I remind them the importance of lifting. And in order for you to get bulky, big and bulky, you have to eat accordingly. Yeah. Those people who are huge, the amount of food they consume is out of this world, I have to tell you. Yes. It doesn't matter how heavy you lift. If you don't, if you don't uh, bring that up with the amount of food that you eat, it's not going to get you anywhere. Uh -huh. On the other hand, if you're super thin and you want to, build a little bit of mass 
it doesn't matter how heavy you lift if you don't eat to support that. So no, you're not, I mean, look at me. I'm a huge bulky and I lift heavy weights. Mm-hmm. I, I, I train my legs three times a week because I'm trying to get my legs bigger. I'm still pounding my cool legs and I think I gained two inches. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's really hard to get bulky. Uh-huh. So, you, need, you, need to, you need to work at it. That's what you're saying. You need to consume a lot of calories to do that. In order for you to get big and bulky, you have to consume an enormous amount of calories, not even five meals. You have to consume much more than that. Okay. So with a regimen of five small meals, according to the goals, as I said, if you want to mm-hmm. lose fat, gain muscle, whatever that is, and you lift weights, it should always be heavy. It should always be heavy. It won't get you anywhere if you lift light. And when you talk to a client, um, do you ask, do you really address how does it really go as far as, um, as far as, do you really address their goals from the get-go? Or well, do you- Yes, they have, they have to tell me what their goals are because I cannot okay. tell them how they should look. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I understand. So everything is catered to, 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 to someone's specific goals and probably yes. their, their, their lifestyle as well. Probably, you know, if someone works in, you're from New York, so if someone works in the stock exchange, and uh, or is a doctor and has crazy hours that they need to work in. It's something else that if someone is a stay-at-home father or mother, or I don't know what works from home as a programmer and can dash to the gym pretty much whenever they want. Um, so I assume that's like time management is also something that gets into it. Well, it, again, according to how badly you want your goals to be fulfilled, if you want to be an athletic you know, person who wants to compete and you have a very busy schedule at work and you cannot work out, you're not going to achieve those goals. Uh-huh. If you try just to be healthy and lose some weight, that's much easier to achieve. If you don't, if you have a very, really busy schedule and you're not able to work out consistently. I always encourage working out because it's going to help you mentally as well as physically. You know, like I say, it makes you stronger. Even if you just do cardio three times a week, which I don't, I don't recommend that more than that. Unless, of course, there is a goal of, you know, burning a lot more calories. Um, you're going to feel better when you work out. I mean, even there are days that you don't feel like going to the gym or whatever activity you're doing. But once you finish it, you feel so much better. Much better. And also, so, and, and also, I think you need, you know, what I love about fitness is aside from the physical goals, the, the physical achievements that, that you achieved it, how you look. It puts every workout, every time you need to, you know, to manage your own mentality, to push yourself a little more, you build character. Your body getting built is almost a mirror to your character being built. Absolutely, absolutely. You, can, you know, you can apply yourself in other areas with the same bank account of character. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the reason why I encourage them to do it because they're going to find benefits from it. Even if you like to play tennis, your tennis will improve. Even if you like to play golf, your golf will improve. Even if you just stay at home, you're going to have more energy. You know, when you, when you stay with your kids, it's just going to improve your life no matter what. Now, if they tell me, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And they give me a hundred excuses. There's not much I can do. 
Yeah. You know, I could encourage them to at least do it twice a week. Um, and most people minimum. don't. Huh? That's, that's the minimum you think? I, twice think the, I think the minimum should be three. But three. Some people claim not to have the time. Uh, so I say at least do two because one is not going to go very far. You have to wait an entire week for you to do that activity again. It's just not. Do you think someone should, should even let go? Let's say, you know, let's say we, we believe, we believe every excuse we hear. Let's say we believe it. Would you tell someone, you know, you should sleep one hour less and go to the gym? I should go to, I would, I would tell them to go to sleep a little, an hour earlier. <laughs> and yeah, go to sleep an hour earlier and not have. <laughs> I, I, look, I hear, I hear so many excuses. I don't have time to make breakfast. Get up a little earlier. Uh -huh. I don't have time to go to the gym, go after work, go in the morning, go in the afternoon. There's always a time to do it. You know, if you really want it, that's the bottom line. If you if if it's not one of your goals, you know, you're gonna find excuses all the time. And you and from you know, I am a big proponent of professionals. Yes, I'm a big proponent. If you really want to achieve something. You can, you can do everything on your own. But if you look at, let's say, let's say you open a new company. Let's say you have a new business. It's going to be very challenging being the logistics person, building a website, being the sales force. You can't do it. Do being the CPA, you know, good luck. No, you can't do it. No. And a new project you're undertaking, whether it would be your health, whether it would be anything else, to purchase someone else's lifelong knowledge. Yes. Is I think very, very important. And within that uh, framework, what do you see as far as when you, you know, walk people and when you, you accompany people along their journey, how long does it really take to for things to become easier mentally you know because let's say someone starts to work out you know even let, let's say i have a long trip i love jujitsu that's that's my passion in life i love wrestling jujitsu fighting that's all i do i do it every day that's awesome that's what i that's what i love you're gonna when i'm done i take this off you know i put put my work clothes on every day Wow. And um, even I, if I have a long, let's say I need to go uh, uh, for, to a conference. For example, I just gave a talk in the cosmetogynecology conference and I couldn't work out. It was in some place. I worked out a little bit, but I didn't have, I didn't fight anyone for like a week. Even to me, it was difficult to get myself to the gym the first time. Yes. And so I understand it. From your experience, when does it get easier? Someone needs to stare at their shoes for an hour before they put them on and go for a run. What, what, what is the light in the end of the tunnel? What should they, they be waiting for? Look, I'm gonna give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, I started skating, online skating, when I was 40 years old. Okay. I, I was, uh, you know, I live in New York, you know, the park is, is there and there was always a lot of skaters and I thought, shit, I have to learn how to do this. 
uh-huh. I was 40. And I would, they had a band, you know, playing music. It was like being in a club, but outside. I just loved it. And you learn to do tricks. And it's like, dude, this is cool. I, I need to learn how to do this. I was there every Saturday and Sunday from 1.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. trying to learn how to, how to skate. Uh-huh. And, and it took me a while. Why? Because I was only doing it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The more often that you do it, the faster that you accomplish what you're looking for. If I were to put my skates at least for an hour every day, I would just move through that so fast. But it took me, it took me about a year, I have to say, to be really good at it. So yeah. the same thing goes for this. If the client is willing to put the time, and especially in nutrition, they're willing to put the time and follow what they're given, mm-hmm. they see results within a month Amazing. or less. Amazing. And they feel good within a week. Within a week, wow. they feel it already the difference. And you could see the changes a little bit because you're burning fat, you're not, you're not just losing weight. The problem is that then they go back to the old ways and then they pick it up again. They go back and forth. Three months go by, and there's a little bit that you see. But you see results really, really fast, I can tell you. Yeah. Really fast. Especially if you combine the nutrition and fitness and you're on top of it. Within a month, you're like a different person. Not, not completely cut like this, but you're totally a different person. Your clothes will fit better. You stand up straighter. Your skin is glowing. They have you know, they're, 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 the way they they um, act themselves is different and more reassuring. So it, it doesn't take long, but you have to do the work. <laughs> you have to do the work. You almost you like you do have, the work. Yeah, it's almost like you're you're it's almost like you're you're cycling uphill, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna cycle. Bear in mind, you're gonna be like you know two three yards. Downhill when you're gonna yes. recycle. So yes. you're gonna keep yes. that in mind. If you get to the top, you're gonna come down. So you know, just just get there. <laughs> yes, that's that's amazing. And what I like from from your example is that it is another example how you as an really as an as a person with an anti-aging mentality are are I wouldn't say comfortable, but you're comfortable with the idea of trying new things, of reinventing yourself. I think this is something that you, you see that a lot, you know, during COVID. And, but even before COVID, you see that a lot with the technological revolution that we are in the midst of. And you meet people that are in their 40s, 50s, that don't want to change their ways. They That's do not. Wrong. I have, I have a, I have a yeah. very open mind. I'm not, I'm very edgy, as I mentioned. Um, I always believe in learning. I still hire a coach. If I want to look better, I could do it myself. There's no question. But I'm going to learn something from this person. And I have accountability. I have to come yes. back to him or her to, you know, help me get my goal. Otherwise, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm go- this weekend, I'm going to, do things that I don't want to do, it's going to take me a little longer. So I still hire a coach when I feel uh, that I want to get my physique in, you know, I don't have one right now, but when I, when I still, when I feel that I want to get my physique to a higher level, which people say, why? <laughs> like I'm supposed to stop because I'm 64. Why should I stop? 
I don't have to stop. I don't plan to stop. I'm, I'm planning to always improve. Not, is, not just physically, mentally, yeah. you know, spiritually, on every way that I can. That is when someone, when someone, or even myself, when the question of why to push yourself comes into the mix, it means to me, it's, it's just a different way of saying, I am not considering the fact that if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. You are going backwards. There is no such thing as uh, maintenance. Do you know like, that? Why don't you we... just maintain? There's no such no, thing. There no because the world goes around. It doesn't stop for anybody. So if you, if you do the same thing over and over and over again, guess what's going to happen? You go backwards slowly, or you go backwards. I prove it to myself. It's funny. I, 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 uh, I was talking to, to a friend of mine, and I was trying to explain this point, and he wasn't getting it. Until we spoke about money, because he likes money. He's, he's very wealthy. And that's what he cares about. He cares about finances. So I asked myself, how am I explaining? How am I explaining finances? And I said, you know what? If I give you, you know, a million dollars, would you put them in, in, your, in, your, in your safe and forget about them? Or would you put them in a bank where they increase you, you value? Yeah. What would happen if you held on to a million? You know what? What? You lose it. The, it's not going to be worth the same tomorrow. The world no. and maintenance equals loss. I don't yes, know if you absolutely. Know I try to tell that to people. They don't. They keep tell, people tell me like, why don't you do maintenance? They just don't get it. No, there's you know no the such thing. Have you heard the, about the movie uh, with Will Ferrell? I forget the name of the movie, um, but the, his character name is Ricky Bobby. And he has a saying, if you ain't first, you're last. You know that saying? If you ain't first, you're last. If you ain't first, you're last. So that is, you know, as far as maintenance, if you're maintaining, you're going backwards. No, no you're going to you go backwards. Yeah, absolutely. In every aspect, and sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's okay to understand that you have a list of what's important to you in life. And maybe... The state of, I don't know, maybe your house is not the cleanest. It means that in that list, it is coming after many things Absolutely. That, you, that you put more importance to. Yeah, everybody have a level of importance of different things. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's for okay. Me, yeah. For me personally, the number one thing in my life, it's me. If I don't take care of myself first, I can't take care of anybody else. You no. know, I invest on me first and foremost. Hands I down. Think, you know, and it really connects. You can really copy and paste our, our conversation from 10 minutes ago, talking about how through improving your character through training, you can excel in other areas in life. Exactly yeah. the same. Do you know how they say that people that work the hardest have the most amount of time, the people that don't do yeah. nothing? Yes, time. it's true. It's true. It's the, same, it's, it's the same principle in life, showing itself in different aspects. If you're not going to prioritize yourself, if you're not going to make yourself 
the best person that you can be, what are you going to give to other people? No, you can't. You know, there's, have, you ever heard, have you ever heard the expression, how you do anything is how you do everything? 100%. 100%. Yeah. You know, it's uh, my father is a very interesting person. My father is a world-renowned expert in fire protection systems, especially for oil. And when you speak to the guy, you, you, can't, you can't detect, you can detect a, an amazing, very nice person, but you cannot get the, um, the understanding that you're talking to a world expert until you talk to him about a problem. And it can be any problem. The language that he uses to address a problem, how he doesn't say this is a problem, but he does say this is a challenge. The language yes. that he uses, yes. Yes. the way he approaches every problem, you it clicks. It clicks for everyone. Suddenly someone says, oh my God, this is a person of excellence. That's and fantastic. I really agree with what you're saying. So, That's fantastic. He has a good mindset. Pretty yes. much, he has a very good mindset. Yes, yes. And, and again, and, and mindset in, in, in one thing translates to mindset, mindset to other things. So my question, do you also work with mindset? So let's say someone comes to you and, and, and uh, asks for your professional help. Do you also also address uh, mindset, do you also address- Absolutely, it's so, so combined. I, I even yeah. add spiritualism to it, you know, if yeah. I feel that it's welcomed. Yeah. Because most, a lot of people are very close-minded about things. They could be super intelligent, very academic, but very close-minded for growth, just simple growth and, and understanding of others. So yes, I address that all the time because it's all together, it's all combined. And now, as far as COVID goes, because your business, for the most part, was to meet a person and to tailor a way for them to improve physically and, and health-wise. But yes. right now, especially you're, you live in New York, right? Especially now, especially New York, this area is almost non-existent. So how did you reinvent yourself? What is going on as far as professionally with you? I have to tell you, uh, when we were on lockdown last year, when things started to happen, I went into a panic attack because I had clients like all day. I had nine clients a day. I was, I was training clients and seeing clients for nutrition and some online. I didn't have a, a large line um, yeah. business at the time. So I went into a panic attack like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. My clients started moving. Uh, some of them didn't want to Zoom. A lot of people left New York. I, well, most of these people, they have a house in the Hamptons or whatever. They just, you know, they just left the apartment here for a while and, and left. So I was really panicking for a while. However, it gave me a lot of time to think about my business going forward. It has taken me a year. Yeah. But I don't want to go back to that business model anymore because um, what I have to offer, it wasn't reaching out enough, if you know what I mean. It was yes. just very basic. 
I was trying to get people to work out when they really didn't even want to work out, you know? Yeah. So now I'm reinventing myself to like we're doing now. Yes. I'm doing a lot of podcasts. I'm putting my name out there. Uh, I'm doing uh, online coaching. Uh, I'm trying to whiten my my horizon, so to speak. It's gonna. Mm-hmm. It's like almost starting over again, but I'm much happier with this than what I was before. Although yeah, I, I was really scared, but it wasn't getting me very far what I was doing. So I think yeah. at the end of the day, this is going to be better. And, how, and I think that's a good segue also to kind of to, 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 to wrap it up and, and, and figure out, you know, because you inspire me. That, that yes. is how I go to you. That is why I wanted to talk to you, you know. Thank you. Um, frankly, when I started to talk to you, obviously your name, the name that you have on Instagram, I'm going to talk about in a second, kind of, kind of tells the secret that you're, that you're maintaining, that you're supporting anti-aging. But I yes. wasn't even looking at that. I was looking at a person that is, I wanted another example in my retina of something that is pushing, of someone who's pushing themselves every day. Thank you that so much, it. because that's exactly what I want people to see. Thank you. So you're Absolutely. doing a good job. So what, you. what, you're, you're ex- executing your plan. That's the first thing I want to tell you. Thank you. Um, so wrapping, wrapping up um, this conversation, it is important to me that anyone that is, that is, uh, that is listening or watching this podcast gets their butt off the couch and does something. And I am be amazing. And I am a big supporter of outside help. We can't do anything, everything on our own. And we're no, not no. so I, how yeah go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. How does someone reach out to you? What should they be looking for? Um yeah. Uh to reach out to me, my the okay. name of my website is foreverfitwithmichelle.com, mm-hmm. Michelle with one L. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is forever.fit.with.michelle, the same name with dots in between. And Facebook is uh, I'm Michelle Smith, anti-aging specialist. Okay, we're going to make so, sure... But, but I do love the fact that you seem beyond the, my, the name anti-aging. I, I think I offer more than that because I'm edgy. And I think I'm trying for people to see that they could be younger at heart. Forget about look having her body, which is an icing on the cake. But just you could be young at heart and be open with all kinds of possibilities. That's yeah. the trick. If you're open, yeah. you could have anything, anything. Yeah, exactly. So, and we don't know what tomorrow's gonna to bring. We have no, no idea don't. what's gonna to be tomorrow. This, this is not even a big, this, this uh, pandemic that we're, we're, that we're experiencing in, in a world scale in the 4.6 billion years that, this, this, that Earth has existed, that's very small, you know, 75. I know, thank you. I know, absolutely. 75,000 years ago in Malaysia, there was an eruption of an earthquake. Yeah that they're, they, uh, they're saying that the human race was less than 7,000 people. Some people oh are saying God. 
Some people are even saying that we were left to 40 breeding pairs. Oh my God. So what we're experiencing right now on a global scale is nothing. It is nothing. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. The person that we are tomorrow, that we're creating today, yes. should be able to handle as many of the scenarios. Yes. <laughs> so, I so think we're going to come out. I think this is to help us come out stronger than what we were. I 100%. truly believe that. Maybe we should make you not an anti-aging specialist, an anti-dying specialist. If you don't want to oh, die okay. tomorrow, <laughs> you should defend yourself today. But anyway, Michelle, I want to thank you for this uh, podcast. This podcast, as far as I'm concerned, is a message. Anyone that's, that looks at it right now should be, by now, should be standing up and walking around. I agree with you. So, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to you. <laughs>